Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Hey everybody, welcome back to Chop Talk. This is your host, Nate England. Wherever you listen to the show, please write a review and give us a five-star rating. Check out photos from this week's show on the Chop Talk Facebook page. And if you like what you hear, share it with someone at the dojo. Also, follow me on Twitter at choptalk underscore Nate, or shoot me a message through the Chop Talk Facebook page, or email me directly at choptalkwithnateengland at gmail.com. Today, Ezra Scott from James McLean's Kosho School of Karate in Nashville and I continue our discussion on martial arts of the digital age. Today we get into how to identify a credible source, how to bring what you learned on the internet back into your dojo, whether or not we care about society, and the generation gap that severely impacts people's perception of sharing martial arts online. If you want to learn more about Ezra, please visit www koshokarate.wordpress.com Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Yeah. Well, I do want to give and I guess this is an MMA credit. Uh, I guess um, the UFC and um, what what's, was big in Japan, Pride and something and other things like yeah. that. Because for a long time, <clears throat> there's a number of sports that I think fit in this category where it is either assumed or it is true that the people that are interested in this sport are also participating in this sport to a greater degree. So I, I think karate and most martial arts fit into that category. Uh, I think something like um, uh, bodybuilding fits in that category, surfing, where these things, the, the People that are primarily interested in watching these are people that are also participating in these to some degree. And what the, the UFC and Pride and and some of the different quit moving <laughs> and some of the different um, MMA groups have done is find a way to get this have this appeal to the general public, where there was only a brief time in the late '60s and early '70s where you would go to a karate tournament. And there would be, you know, 4,000, 8,000 spectators at a karate tournament where it's the general popular sure. public who's coming to watch. Now you don't see mm-hmm. that. Now you're lucky if, you know, your mom and grandma come to watch you uh, at, at the karate tournament. Um, so that is something that they've done very well. And I guess it owes that does owe a lot to social media is making this interesting – the sport interesting to the general population. Yeah, maybe they've they've made a sport that is compelling enough 
that it keeps martial arts in in the public eye <clears throat> in a way that will allow a more diverse group to kind of put itself out there. You know, like say people could run down karate for a long time because there weren't a bunch of karate people winning UFC events. Mm -hmm. But then when Lyoto Machida showed up and was a really, really good fighter or his brother Chinzo mm -hmm. has been really successful in some of the other MMA productions like Bellator and stuff like that. Well, then people couldn't just shit on karate anymore yeah. that liked MMA. So it's kind of a cool, you know, thing as far as that, that like, you know, the, you know, you get to see, some of the cream rise to the top, you know. Right. Of course, there's other guys that just kind of suck, and they're just really good athletes, mm -hmm. you know. And you got to deal with that too. But <laughs> so you know, Ezra, I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast outside of people that are actually participating in the martial arts. My my guess is, sure, it's my grandma, and is the one who. Hey, not. I think. Hey, Noah might. Noah might. Now that he knows, Noah Legal. No, he might my, listen to Chop Talk. Oh no, I think he listens to Chop Talk, but he's in the martial arts. What what I'm asking is people who listen to Chop Talk who are not involved in the martial arts. Oh, okay. So we're talking to your grandma again? Yeah. So you know, my grandma okay. is number one, <laughs> but then I don't know about any anybody else. So mm -hmm. I, I think the people that are listening, you know, or have taken the time to listen or, or found this out, have some interest or some knowledge or some participation level in the martial arts. You know, how, what? But what advice would you give? How do we tell somebody who has no no knowledge about the martial arts about what to watch out for if they're going to start reading about it online or buying a book from Amazon or watching YouTube videos? What yeah. are the things that they need to watch out for so that they're mm -hmm. not listening to some goofball and wasting their time? Okay. All right. First off, I would say – Think about what do you want to get out of it and what are you like, because that's okay. Mm. So if, if you are a really, really nerdy guy starting out with it, that's maybe never participated in sports before you like anime, maybe doesn't even have any physical fitness level, mm -hmm. then read manga. <laughs> no, then, you know, and you're a tra and you really want to learn about Japanese sword, like Noah had said. I don't think he said he was really unathletic, but he had said he was like a dorky guy. Right on on the podcast you guys just had, yeah. he was kind of or I don't know if he's a dorky, but a nerd, right? You know, and and so he got into that, right? And then look where that led him, mm -hmm. right? So whatever it is that you connect with, that's okay. Like yeah. if you if you're the type of person where you know, say maybe you wrestled in middle school and you kind of liked that, you liked grabbing on people or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, go to a jiu-jitsu school, go to a judo school, whatever is around you. That's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, but then, you know, from there, you just got to, you know, really watch out for bullshit and just try to be a good critical thinker as far as, yeah. you know, what you're seeing. I mean, I, to me, but this is just, this is just to me, to me, there's nothing like the realism of sparring. I like that. It's very... Mm -hmm. I just feel like you're you're encountering the truth in real time mm -hmm. when you spar with people, whether it be boxing, karate, uh, Thai boxing, kickboxing, mm -hmm. jiu-jitsu wrestling, whatever. I like that. Part of what I like about it is I feel confident sending new students to those places 
if for no other reason than that, I know that they will get a realistic encounter. You know, that they, they will leave there knowing what it feels like to have somebody grab them. They'll leave there knowing what it feels like to have somebody throw a punch mm-hmm. at them or mm-hmm. how to actually block, how to actually strike. Mm-hmm. So I like a lot of that stuff for beginners. And, and I would also say that I feel like I have seen pretty compelling um, historical evidence that past badass martial arts people and warriors usually were started in, gra- in some sort of grappling at a young age, mm-hmm. whatever that might be, you know, be it like a Mongolian type wrestling or yeah. some sort of jacketed wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think there's a big argument for that, for trying some kind of wrestling. But the thing is, is say you really don't like that. That's okay. Don't yeah. do that. Go do something else. You know, yeah. if, if something like Aikido is really attractive to you because of the aesthetic of it or the, the religious practice, then that's okay too, you know, and yeah. you just want to try someplace that that looks like it fits good to you, but don't that doesn't have to be the end of it. I guess that's what yeah. I would say. You know, you know and, I would really watch out for the cult stuff is the big thing to watch out yeah. for. We've kind of touched on that before. Yeah, the, the the cult stuff, anything where you're gonna get super into the esoteric or this the the mystical dim mock death touch, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or if you have to send money into Count Dante. Uh, to learn the deadly arts, any of that stuff That's is right. good. That's right. Um, you, you know, for the stuff where there isn't a lot of sparring, you know, because in Aikido there's not going to be sparring, in mm-hmm. Iaido, Jodo, there's not sparring. Um, yep. You know, if you're not into that, that's okay. But I would say even if you're going to one of these places, make sure you're looking at so- – you're either watching videos from somebody or you're going to some place where the people are training seriously. Um, mm-hmm. Because I remember I went to a – I did a, uh, I went, I entered a Jodo tournament in when I was living in Japan. Somehow I got drafted into being the, uh, like the Okinawan, uh, in the Okinawan contingent for like, the, for, I don't remember what it was, a first down, a second down division. And I was a Okinawan representative. And I hadn't seen any other honkies working out and into Jodo until I showed up at this tournament. And these guys were coming up and talking to me. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we really like uh, doing, I mean, we'll come into the dojo and, uh, you know, we'll light incense and uh, we'll meditate for about an hour, 45 minutes. And then very slowly we'll practice uh, our kata, you know, for about a half hour. And then we'll do in we'll light incense. <laughs> it's like, don't you like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I like how, I like how you're getting all breathy near the microphone like that. It, uh, you sounded like uh, Garrison Keeler from the Lake Wobegon on 9.3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't know what these people are talking about. I, I, you know, we never sparred in Jodo, but here's what we did. Uh, class started at 10. We would show up at 9 or 9.30 and work out for a half hour. Then we would train hard for two hours. Class would end. Me and another guy and sometimes a sensei and sometimes a fourth person would stick around for another hour, sometimes two hours, training uh, in the middle of the Okinawan summer. So yeah, there, yeah, there, yeah. there was no incense being built, being burnt. There was no meditation going on. We're working out hard. And mm-hmm. so even if, if you're not in something where you're sparring, make sure you are doing something where people are doing it seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, what I would say is in Jodo, 
you're, I would consider the sparring being every time you're doing the techniques with another person. Yes. You I are mean, because that's, that's yes. just similar. Like you don't shoot an M14 at another Marine. Right. I mean, there's some, some of that stuff you just don't, you know, so that's, but it's about, it's about how hard are you drilling and in what situation are you drilling? Yes. Yeah, definitely. If you want me and Nate's respect, you better work out pretty hard because that's what we like. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But I think I would say that for sure that like for I, I think for self-defense, the best thing is to do some stuff where you're getting getting some sparring. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and that also helps to the sparring, honestly, in my opinion, um, even if so, like, say, like, if you're doing like that type of like a Japanese weapon martial art or whatever, where it's a back and forth type of sparring. I mean, show, a lot of real good Shotokan schools are like that too, where the sparring that they do is like what we call Kihon and Shuriru, mm -hmm. you know, that's like Waza, where they're just going, yeah. you know, back and forth. One guy throws a prescribed motion. Well, that's not any different than like drilling single legs over and over and over and over and over right. and over and over. This is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on the Gary Sullivan Show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. Yeah, and that's something a good thing to look for. And that's something where you know, if there is a real like a what was it, a Krav Maga or Haganah or one of these more militaristic approach, well, they're going to work these drills over and over again where you got an attacker. Yeah. And yes, it's not sparring, but you should be working them as if it was realistic. But we're getting into now martial arts, how to find a school, how to train. I want to circle yeah. back around into the, the, the original topic, which we've been all over the place today. But the original topic was effects of digital age on the martial arts. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to martial arts blogs, YouTube channels, uh, podcasts, uh, any other various videos that you can find or order or buy online, even for the people who have some martial arts background, how do I get them from going online, finding some goofball who's have a, has a video of him running Taisu 64, and then coming back to me and saying, "Mr. England, Mr. England, you know why don't you know this?" It's like, mm -hmm. it's like because it doesn't exist because this, yeah, this okay. goofball made it I, up. I got I got you on that. Okay, so first off, be respectful about this you have to under people don't understand if you're if you're listening to this and i can reach you then let me share with you that when you are a person who 
trains, you know, where you're getting more information than just the information that you're getting from your sensei, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. It's good. And as a matter of fact, it, it's, I mean, I I don't know. It's not, it's not beyond good. It's great that people can do that Yes. because it keeps people from getting snowed. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the best thing about it is it keeps people from somebody from being able to just tell you some bullshit and you're just doing it unthinkingly. Some of that just gets too far out. You know I mean? You have to be open. There's a balance. Mm-hmm. You have to be open when you're in a, in a, at a school that you are going to be asked to do some things that you won't entirely understand. And you need to still have enough trust in the instructor that you're willing to do those things. Mm-hmm. But you also, it's good to be able to go online and see, okay, you need to know what is real that you're seeing. So you can kind of take that back and look at it, but then be respectful to your instructor about it. So if you go to a school and that's, that's your school that you pay to go to, which that is how it should be. You need to have, if you're wanting to learn the martial arts, mm-hmm. you do, I, think, I mean, that's just reiterating myself that you can't just do that from YouTube or a book. Right. You need to have a place that you're going. You need to have a style of martial arts or combat sport that is your base. Mm-hmm. whatever that may be mm-hmm. that is a, that is a solid base so when you're going to that don't go to your instructor and ask them stupid questions about some video that you saw mm-hmm. this is a person who's spent a great portion of their life acquiring the knowledge that they're disseminating it to you and the ability to disseminate it and hopefully they're disseminating it in a kind of an organized way mm-hmm. that's going to lead you down a path to be to be good and if you really fully don't believe that that person is capable of doing that, then you may need to find a different place. But if you do feel like that person can do a, a pretty good, I mean, although um, fallible, because we're all just people, job of kind of leading you into martial arts, then when you're with your instructor, you need to make sure that you listen to them and you're there open and thinking about, hey, this person that I'm paying to teach me mm-hmm. probably knows something that I don't know. You know, so it's good for you to take the, like, what I would advise your student that was doing that to do is, it's good that you're getting out there and researching that, but be respectful to your instructor that whatever they're teaching you is the thing you need to be talking with them about. Yeah. Instructors mostly really don't like that. I don't personally don't care for it that much. Yeah. But I'm, I'm probably less so than others, especially if it's like a combat sports kind of question, if a student has been... Watching something like I was watching a boxing match the other day and this guy did this. I like those kind of questions a lot. Yes. We can kind of look at it together and yes. I can kind of learn something too. But, uh, you know, some of that, some of that stuff, it's just gets ridiculous, especially with karate. Yeah. I mean, karate, re- I mean, really, you know, I guess that's something that I have to say is I feel like right. there are some cool karate things. A lot of it is mostly just cultural enrichment for the student that they're getting to go online and see people doing things a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, really, if you're in a style of karate, you've got to kind of do it like how you do it in that style. Right. You know, I mean, hopefully you, and honestly, if there just is no one good around you to learn karate from, and you really want, want to learn karate, then you're going to have to move yeah. to someplace where there is really good karate because it's just not a, there's a lot better things you could pick to distance learn. Boxing is a way better distance learning. Because it is a simple sport that includes a very uh, small range of techniques, 
and you can learn that and then you can find people to get together with and practice it on. Mm-hmm. You know, karate is not karate is is not such a great thing to learn distance wise. I don't I think you need to learn how to do karate at a karate dojo. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, um you know, I want to jump back on on something that you mentioned earlier, which was the Seite Koryu thought. Mm-hmm. And just something you just said uh, reminded me of that again. So I want to get this out, uh, which I didn't wasn't able to squeeze it in earlier, which is I, I think the Seite or the standardized karate that you practice should be whatever style that you're in. So if you're a Shuriru guy, you should learn it. You should learn and do your martial arts the way that Shuriru guys do it, as the standardized version. Mm-hmm. And then, if you want to do the quote-unquote Koryu, you can look at another style. That's what I've done with uh, Shorinru. You know, so when I'm training with the Shidokan guys or even Shinzato, you know, I'm looking at that as an older or a different style that then I'm taking what I can and applying it back to what I'm doing in Shuriru. Looking for a way to gain an edge on the competition? Want to give your body some much-needed relief and relaxation? Try Medical Resort ATAC, Okinawa's specialists in sports therapy and wellness care. ATAC offers customizable massage therapy. Try their oxygen chamber to increase metabolism, reduce fatigue, and promote faster recovery from injuries. Take their stretching course to increase flexibility and release muscle fatigue. ATAC also offers special courses in static and thermal therapy, foot therapy, and head therapy. Or try a session of ATAC's latest offering, acupuncture therapy, with their fully licensed acupuncture therapist. Want to find out more? ATAC is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Stop into their center located at 1 2830 Oroku in Naha City, Okinawa. Call 098-859-1890 or visit them on the web at www.a-tac.net. That's www.a-tac.net. Staff is fluent in English, Portuguese, Spanish, and Japanese. So I, I think that if you're a karate guy, the seite or the standardized version should be whatever style that you're in. Uh, for you and me, that's shuriru. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily you have to do it exactly like Robert Bowles does. Yes, he has the largest shuriru organization, uh, but there's a number of other qualified instructors out there and other chief instructors out there um, that you can do it like as well. So whatever you're instructor is doing do it like that and then the Koryu version would be taking a step back and looking at one of the other styles that this came from whether it's Shorinru uh, like I did with um, uh, in, in Okinawa or Goju-ru or Weishi-ru uh, or maybe even if you're interested in some other aspect looking at the Shotokan uh, or the Japanese styles um, I think if you are in some kind of open system or some sort of new system that was founded by somebody recently, uh, I think then maybe you do need to find some people that are qualified in these other styles, whatever style it is, and and train with them rather than just doing whatever you want to do because you feel like doing it that day. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that, you know, everybody needs that foundation, 
and we need somebody who's going to push us mm-hmm. and is going to take us a little bit outside of our comfort level. And you can't do that for your, yourself just off of a video. Right. You really, you really need that. So it's, it's important, you know, mm-hmm. to do that. And I mean, honestly, on some level doing that with like basketball is almost better than just, you know, lily dipping around with martial arts on the internet. Like if you're going to do it, you need to find some place to do it. I think that's a solid thing that bears repeating throughout the podcast. Yeah. That as cool as a lot of this stuff is, you got to have some place to train. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something I thought was cool that I just wanted to mention before we close. uh, I liked what uh, Noah said on you guys podcast recently, just about how, you know, he just has to kind of deal with the fact that he's putting all this information out there and what he thinks, if you look at a video that he had up from eight years ago, mm-hmm. it's not the same martial artist. And it's something that really, uh, it was interesting to me thinking about that because I have not put stuff up just because I always f- never felt mm. like I was up to that standard, like yeah. that Mr. McLean yes. held us to as far as like demonstrating. Right. So I never I've never felt like I was capable of demonstrating his techniques in a way that visually did them justice. You know what I'm saying? Where I would feel good about having that up on the Internet. Um, And I don't necessarily feel bad about that either. Like, I think that's that's okay, you know. Um, But I also think that it's cool that Noah, because, I mean, I've been watching. I thought that I didn't even know you knew the guy. Mm. I've watched his karate videos for years online. I know who he is and you know, have thought like, oh, hey, he's one of the better ones that's doing this. That's like got a channel and putting stuff up there. Like he actually like knows what he's talking about. And is like a legit dude, you know, is not in bad shape, you know, like can can get after it. So, well, what I, you know, what I found, what I found interesting about Noah and, and why I think his, his blog and his YouTube channel are one of the, the better ones out there is that, what he doesn't do is he doesn't come on and say, you know, I'm an expert in martial arts and this is the way that it is. You know, you got to do it like this or you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. He, he has a thought. Um, I do not agree with all of his thoughts or all yeah. of his conclusions, yeah. but he puts it out there. I've been thinking about this. This is what I, you know, I think based on my observations or my, my reasoning and what do you guys think? So he's putting it out there. As a, it is a statement, he's putting it out, but it is as an open-ended question, and he's open to changing it, and, and that's sure. changing his mind, and that is what I like about his, as opposed to somebody. Now, I thought, no offense to Noah, before we did the interview, for whatever reason, I had him starting ten years earlier. I thought he had started after I came back from undergraduate school rather than mm-hmm. graduate school. So in my mind, mm-hmm. I had him with 10 more years of experience than he actually had. And so okay. when he says, oh, no, Nate, this is it. When you came back in 2007, I'm like, oh, man, oh, yeah. So he's been working out for uh, 10 or 12 years, something like this. Yeah, he's um, been really into it. He has been. He has really been into it. You know, it. so that's kind of the, that's the big thing is, you know, yes. a lot of people talk about Mr. McClain used to really get fired up about that, like at big karate nationals type of things when you'd get these older people talking about how long I've been in karate, you mm-hmm. know, and Mr. McClay would just sit there and roll his eyes like, oh, yeah, they've really been in karate a real long time. He's like, Ezra, if I added up how many years that man 
how many minutes he actually trained. He was mm. like, you've been in karate longer than he has, and he's been doing it since 1968. <laughs> that guy, don't he don't train, you know? Right. <laughs> it's like, right. I mean, he told me that a couple times. Like, yeah, I've only ever given, like, two people a bike belt before. You could probably get one next year if you just get in there and get your ass to work. Right. But really, that's ultimately what it comes down to is the number of reps, right. you know? Like, if you get in there and do it, you know? And yes. Noah has the, has the mind for it. He is also a, a karate nerd, yes. you know? Yes, and, uh, and the physical wherewithal to get in there and train. So yes, he got um, good. But you know, I wonder if you know, I, I'm the same position as you are. So I haven't put any of my stuff out there. Now I've been doing the mm-hmm. podcast for the last few years, but if yeah, you, we've been doing. Hey, we've done that. Yeah. Yes, but if you notice, I always have a guest. So mm-hmm. even if it's you and me talking about our thoughts and opinions, there's someone to bounce them off of. Yeah. I'm not going to go on and lecture anybody about um, about martial arts uh, for a couple reasons. First off, uh, nobody's going to listen to my ass. Uh, that's why I have guests. So hopefully somebody will listen to you <laughs> and learn something about martial arts. But I know from experience that nobody's going to listen to me. Um, and, you know, the other thing is I don't want to say anything unless... I can back it up and cite sources. Uh, mm-hmm. That is why earlier in this podcast, I didn't want to say exactly that when the I know I saw you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You were looking at my face because we got the video on today. Yeah. But I don't want to say something until it's a hundred percent. There's a lot yeah. of stuff that I have that's that I've been researching. You know, I've been doing a ton of research on Trius's early years and Tongji th- thing and things like that. But then you get to a point in this research, and then you can't go any farther, and there's an open-ended question. So one of the reasons I haven't put some of this stuff out there is I don't have the final answer. In Okinawa, I can talk a lot about Okinawa karate, but there's a lot of stuff that I don't know, even though I did live there. So I am very hesitant about putting something out and claiming something myself unless I'm 100% sure of it. And demonstrating anything, any sort of video of me running kata or something like that. Yeah. You know, I wonder, though, because... Um, and this is what I was getting with, with at, at Noah's experience. Well, yes, he's been training very hard, but it's been for a relatively short amount of time. He is a younger generation than you and I. He is. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I wonder if there is a generational gap here where guys his age and his generation are cool with writing and posting and putting stuff online, whether they're experts in it yet or not. Um, yeah, yeah. Compared to you and I, which for are... sure, I, yeah, you know, I think that's a really, I think that's a really good point. That might have took us a little while to get around to that, but that's one of the more interesting kind of trails to go down with this. All right, let's go down. Is it. that you know because it's because it's like, I mean, to be honest, there's just I have a voice in my head that ser- that seriously just says like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you mm-hmm. to be doing that? Mm-hmm. In front of everybody. Oh, are you? Oh, you're a karate master. Mm-hmm. You're karate master. So that's why you're putting up karate videos online because you're karate master. Mm-hmm. So that's good enough. That's you learn from James McLean, and that's good enough. <laughs> where you want to put that up online? <laughs> I mean, and that that you know, and I don't. And honestly, I don't really think because I enjoy Noah's stuff. And the thing is, is he's he's putting himself out there for people to be like. Who the fuck is that guy? Right. 
he's putting himself out there for that. And I feel like that really takes a lot of guts. It does. You know, and I feel like part of it is probably is because he's a little younger than mm-hmm. us and they're just more cool with that because all that happened so fast mm-hmm. that we had all that. Um, part of it also is probably like who the person's instructors are too. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, when we, when we started, that still really was a thing that like, you know, Mr. McLean and them would not have wanted you putting up any kind of video yes. Of, yes. of anybody doing, yes. it. you know, I mean, even say like in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Hickson never allowed anybody to film anything mm-hmm. he was doing. I mean, even now, now he has some videos that he put out. But if you look on YouTube about Hickson, it's like some really bad VHS recordings of him giving seminars. He mm-hmm. did not allow that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was really that was a thing. Secrecy about and, it was a much bigger deal. And let me add this. You know, there are uh, in karate books and karate videos, the, the early ones that do exist, Guys yeah. would deliberately change a move if they're if a book a kata is in a book. They would deliberately change some part of that kata, so when someone came to their dojo, they would know whether they learned this kata from oh. a person or a book. Okay, uh huh. And and that was still going on until fairly recently. Now, yeah, I not that long ago. Managed. You're talking late late nineties. Yes, still yes, 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 yes. It still was like that. Where so then with Noah. He got involved with that Shorner group, and I think that also is probably part of it. Is that group probably doesn't mind you doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they may not have a culture of not. You know they may have felt like, yeah, sure, if this kid wants to go on there and put that his karate journey on there, no big deal. You right. know, right? I mean, so that yeah, that is definitely a and and I I think about that a lot because it's one of these things where it's like, on the one hand. I am not going online and putting up a bunch of videos of me doing a shitty job doing karate mm-hmm. and acting like I'm all good or whatever. And I am being like humble about it or humble about my, my martial arts training. But on the other hand, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting what I'm doing out there for anybody to look at and get something out of. And I have yeah. got something out of looking at guys' channels like yeah. knowing them. And of course, when I watch it, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'll be sitting there watching it and think, oh, that's ridiculous or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's all ridiculous. Not right. enough to where I don't go and watch it. Right. You know, whatever the person is doing. You know, yeah. like. I mean, well, so so yeah. Me... So I mean, it, it takes. Yeah, there definitely there's a there's a martial there's some social conventions there with yes. that with martial arts that maybe were different at one time that have now changed a whole lot. And, and let me add add this another sort of my own bias that I found as I was putting together my notes for this this episode is I will read a ton of books that but that have something in them that is incredibly stupid and I am able to take that little portion out of the book and remove Mm -hmm. it and set it over here and say I don't know what the hell this guy is talking about he's an idiot but the rest of this book was pretty good and he had a, a good idea on page 16, and I didn't know That's the right. historical fact on page 42, and this is pretty good. What I am not able to do is separate that out on the videos and the blogs. As soon as I see something that's ridiculous and bullshit, I am, I am out completely. I am huh, out. That's interesting. You have a more visceral reaction yes. to somebody sucking on video. Yes. Or online, then yeah, that makes that makes sense. I mean, 
Hey, and you know, I mean, ultimately, it's one thing that is a kind of, a, you know, of course, in martial arts, we love metaphors and analogies. Mm-hmm. So let's make a Magawara analogy. Okay. The equipment is good as the ability to use the equipment. So you can give two people a Magawara, mm-hmm. and one of them has, you know, gone to Okinawa and learned how actual Okinawan people train in Magawara. Mm-hmm qualitatively what he's going to get out of that at the end his as far as his training so much higher mm-hmm. than some guy that you just give him a macawara and you're like here if you hit this it'll make your hand tough right so the internet and social media pages and you know websites and all that it, what you're able to get out of it your success with it is probably going to have a lot to do with your ability to use that equipment Mm-hmm. So, your your and I your experience and my experience of the internet will be very very different martial arts wise than somebody that doesn't have a bachelor's degree. Okay, and that's not fair, but it's the truth. If you have a bachelor's degree, then your ability to discern what is a quality source is going to be way higher. Yes. And your ability to compartmentalize, like what you're saying, like when you're reading a book, you can compartmentalize, that part's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's the same thing with that stuff. If you, you know, it's like if you're really looking at it like a scholar, then you can be real, you know, it's like the amount of control you exert over your, your taking in the information, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Interesting, and that's the thing is 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 that doesn't really that doesn't really make an argument for like oh this is good or oh this is bad because yeah. there's a bunch of people who are educated enough to where they can go on the internet and look at stuff and even if they don't know about martial arts they can just look at a website or a person and kind of spot like dude that just looks kind of right so that that doesn't look good. Whereas, you know, another person, maybe if they don't have any kind of education, they may be just as smart of a person, mm-hmm. but they're just not educated about that, mm-hmm. you know, about how to you how to research stuff, basically. Right. Right. Cause, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, we both had to, you more than I, because you're an architect, but we had to, like, write papers about stuff and, like, yes. determine is this source that I'm using an actual worthwhile source. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind, of the, that's kind of the thing, you know? I mean, it's just... Yeah. Well, endemic you know, to the medium. <laughs> this is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on the Gary Sullivan Show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. I don't know, man. You know, going back to what you said early on, you know, 
your teacher, James McLean, never wrote any books, but he was certainly qualified to do so. Yes. Um, if you know, if he was in the the if he was in good health when videos became available or videos were available when he was younger, could so, people have gotten something out of watching him put together a video and how to demonstrate things? Yes, absolutely. Oh hell yeah! Just him running the kata. Now, Just him running the kata would have been worth something but for people. He, yes, you know? but he couldn't do it or, uh, or wasn't able to do it at that time. Is yeah. you and I, is our refusal to do this based on our old antiquated attitudes about social media, is that... Is that a negative? Because you and I both Damn. are very knowledgeable about martial arts. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. We both have a lot to share. I think if we did make a video, I would be, for the reasons we talked about earlier, I would be nervous. I don't want to put something out there unless I know it is perfect. But yeah. that being said, if I was to put together something or demonstrate a technique or demonstrate a kata or you were, it would be a hell of a lot better than the majority of videos that are currently yeah. out there. So is our uh, old fogey approach uh, hindering the future generations uh, from learning about our uh, karate greatness? Yeah, it is, because guess what? We're the old fogies. Yeah. So it is, it is hindering the general public. Now the question is, do we give a shit about the general public? <laughs> the, you know, and, yeah, and that's a serious question, question yes. too, because yes, it is. I think that there's a strong argument for based on a lot of what we've seen in the past of having more schools that have a smaller population of students because it's just a higher quality of learning. If you mm-hmm. get, you know, like you go further back and then you have, you know, I mean, course you don't want them all to be like that because you want to have places where just the average person can come into contact with karate Mm -hmm. but maybe it's also okay to just have schools where it's direct transmission to a smaller number of people yeah but i mean ultimately i don't know i I don't know i think ultimately i want it's something that i want to do at least some of Mm -hmm. and i want to learn something about it it's uh, the unfortunate thing is so that's like the cool thing say for noah is like he's a guy that's pretty good at karate and has a good understanding of karate you know, physically and everything and can execute the techniques and mm-hmm. apply them and everything like that. And he also happens to be an IT guy that's pretty into computers, you know, probably mm-hmm. not too much of a stretch for him to figure out how to make videos and stuff like right. that. And that is a little bit of a tricky thing that, you know, you know, I, I just, I got to learn how to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's part of what's kept yes. me from doing it. Honestly, that's been part of it for me too. It hasn't only been that I felt unqualified, mm-hmm. But also that I felt like, oh, man, I don't want to, like, have the actual video itself be crappy, right, you know? Right. But I don't know. I think ultimately the thing of it is, is it's something that personally I just need to make a commitment to maybe at a slow pace, but pulling the trigger on mm-hmm. starting to learn how to do that yeah. and at least make some some basic videos about some of the fundamental things that I've learned in martial arts that I feel are the most, mm-hmm. the best principles, yeah. even if it's not me demonstrating the kata. Maybe it's me demonstrating a principle from the yeah, it, It's or something, something or, uh, or history. Something that I've been really into recently is um, uh, a YouTube channel called Nick's Strength and Power. Who uh, it's, a, it's a bodybuilding uh, YouTube channel. But what he mm-hmm. does is he has 
short videos, usually about five minutes, and he'll go into the history about some aspect of bodybuilding or some bodybuilder, and have a short. Oh, that's cool. And have a short bio about them. Yeah, pretty well researched. They're they're short, but they're they're, they're well researched. Or he'll talk about like the 1981 Mr. Olympia and all the the historical things that are involved in that. Where, you know, again, he's not demonstrating this is the right technique for a curl. But he's doing mm-hmm. it's more historical based, and you know he's he's citing sources, and he's doing a very good job of presenting uh, that information. Um, for me, you asked, do we give a shit about the general public? And, <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 I do. I mean, <laughs> I, I guess my answer is I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, I. I don't mean to be sound elitist. Maybe I maybe I am elitist. And maybe that's why I'm gonna sound this way. I have spent so much time training in the martial arts seriously over the last twenty five years. I have traveled and contacted and worked out with people all over the world. And it took a lot of time and money and effort and I gave up a lot of things to be able to do that so is some goofball sitting on his couch shoving popcorn in his mouth watching me demonstrate a technique that I spent three years learning from Katsuhiko Shinzato that only a dozen people in the world can do Mm-hmm. Do I want to put that out there, or do I want to wait and see who at the dojo is going to earn it? Yeah, see, now I think that there's a real argument for not putting that kind of stuff out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the kind of. I think what people need is fundamentals. That's what people need to see is fundamentals. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, because that's what makes you good at martial arts. You know, it's like fundamentals in action. Right. This is how you. This is how you stand. This is why you stand like this, you know. Mm-hmm. You need to keep your, you know, how this is how you tighten your your belly up. You know, this is why you do a high block like this. You know, just real basic. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think is the best online. I get the most out of that. As far as like uh, when I watch like jujitsu videos and stuff, I like like Hodger Gracie. He doesn't even really go into that much detail. Mm-hmm. He just t- teaches these really basic uh, fundamental things, and he works them hard enough that he can. He can make them happen on anybody, even really good people mm-hmm. who are resorting to using a lot of real complex gamesmanship mm-hmm. against him because he's got such good fundamentals. And that's what I've always seen from the really good karate people I've been around, mm-hmm. you know, since AWOD, Mr. Hammond, and, yeah. you know, you, Mr. McLean, that the fundamentals are there. Yeah. It's not, it's not the thing that you're impressed by that you're getting hit by isn't some wild, crazy bullshit. It's just the person's ability to move yes. in and deliver a punch. You know, move in and deliver a kick, move in and throw you, whatever it is. And and those are all those are all the same wherever I've been, whether it has been in yeah. Japan and Okinawa or Africa or here or all around wherever, mm-hmm. it's those those high level fundamentals. And when you see yeah. somebody who's maybe they're enthusiastic about martial arts, but they don't have that's what's missing. They're not doing the blocks, the punches, these things right. So maybe that is Maybe that is something worth sharing, or maybe people that's going to be too boring for people to watch and practice, and maybe that's why they can't do it to begin with. 
No, I don't, I don't think that's true because I find things that I like that are like that online. You know? I think we just have to... It's just going to be a sacrifice. Neither one of us really want to do that. There's other shit we would rather do. Yeah. There's other things I would rather do than that, honestly. I would rather spend yeah. time with my child. <laughs> yeah. I would rather... But at a certain point, somebody else has sacrificed their time to do that for me so yeah. that I get to have that stuff. So maybe I should sacrifice some of my time yeah. to get to do that. I'd rather actually just do karate. Yeah. It's kind of like, like I'm so far behind. There's probably, I bet there's 25 people in martial arts that I owe a phone call to, mm-hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, and I, and I, of course I feel torn about this, but I err on the side of, putting my karate time into my karate training. Yeah. Because ultimately that was Mr. McLean's message to me was, you know, you're getting this because you actually train hard. Mm -hmm. You will actually come in here and sacrifice your time to do this. That is what you have to do to get good. If you want to give something to karate, keep giving that. That's the most important thing is that Mm -hmm. you actually fucking do it. There's lots of places where there's like groups of guys that used to do karate to get together and get beers that exists all over the place <laughs> Yes, <it does. laughs> and always will They're, you know, yes. but, uh, yes. but you know, ultimately that's, that's, and, and I, and I, and I believe in that, that even though that's not something you can see a person just doing karate by themselves. I mean, that that's karate, you know? And it's like, I really liked when you were saying the other day, uh, which this doesn't really have to do with what we were just talking about, but, on the podcast with Noah, when you're saying Mr. Awad said that Mr. Tria said, you must enjoy your karate. Mm-hmm. I really like that because it's like the real practice of karate is doing it a lot, you know, like yeah. doing it every day to some yeah. extent. Yeah. And, and you got to enjoy it to be able to do that. If you don't, then what are you doing? Right. You got to change it right. to where you, you know, absolutely. So. Um, and so from that, that's a, a good point to go out on. But let me just add one more thing, which is sure. there's a whole bunch of people that are really good at, at karate and other martial arts that don't have an email account. They, they don't have... There he is. There's a bunch of them out there. <laughs> they don't have a Facebook page. They don't have a YouTube channel. And, in fact, I would say that some of the most qualified people fit in that category. So, pay attention to what you're watching and understand that wherever you are, there might be somebody who's ten times as good as the guy you're watching uh, on a Facebook post uh, just down the street from you. Sure. And that's really, that really is an important thing. And this especially goes out if we have any younger listeners or parents of younger listeners, everything is online to these kids. They just don't know about things outside of that. And so it's a cool thing to share with them that like, Hey, there's other people too that are not into all that older people, because all of this has happened so quickly, the whole way that we disseminate and collect information. And there's a lot of, uh, lot of good stuff in those old ways of doing that Mm -hmm. and you can still find that places and honestly i think you'll always be able to find it because ultimately people who get really into martial arts all know that yes that that the 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 
the biggest thing in martial arts is doing martial arts, you know, yeah. putting a lot of time into that. And when you're doing that, you're there. It's a, this is a hard one to wrap up. It is. And I don't think it's one that you really can wrap up because it's such a big, I mean, it's something that it's like, it is happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's something like the emancipation of the slaves <laughs> or like a man. I'm talking about it. It's, it's it is such black a massive cultural event. Yes. Not, not, not in a direct way, but I mean, just in the sense that it is a massive cultural event and the people in whom's lives it is happening do not have any kind of a picture of what it will be. Yeah. We have no idea where we're going with all this really, you know? Yeah, and so yeah, it's I, just I, like, I guess we're, you know, we're going down the hill without any breaks and I just hope we can uh, try to steer in the right direction and not hit a tree. That's all we can do. That's what we're trying to do. <laughs> All right, man. So I don't know where to wrap it up. So let's just wrap it up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up and then come back and talk about it more some other time. That's what Joe Rogan and all them guys do. Yep. All right, man. Sounds good. Well, thank you very much for uh, taking the time today. Sorry, I, I got started a little late with, with that. Uh, that that walker down the middle of the street was really. Oh man! Hey, always, always, always excited to be on Chop Talk. Thank you very much for having me and for hosting the podcast and get me because this is the first place that I ever have put myself out there at mm. all online i've never even like i think i commented on something on a forum one time and the guy made a response to me that i felt like he wouldn't have made in real life and i was just done i'm serious yes. man i was yeah. just done it may have actually been on one of the pages that noah does mm. um or the other guy with the um the eastern european last name uh, you guys were talking about him he, he he's another guy's about Around Noah's age, that has a I know a good karate. I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. Yeah, it may have been on his thing. Not not. It was not not either one of those guys individually. I don't think. But right. I just yeah. So so it's been cool, you know, doing this with you and getting to come on here and hear what I sound like. You yeah. know, it's been a learning experience. Yep. Glad to have you <laughs> not on. Not always pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, cool. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks again to Ezra Scott from James McLean's Kosho School of Karate for joining us today. Visit www.koshokarate.wordpress.com to find out more about Ezra and his school. Please remember to rate and review the show, and feel free to share your thoughts on the Chop Talk Facebook page, Twitter, or email me directly at choptalkwithnateengland at gmail.com. And let me know if you have an idea for a topic we should cover. Thanks for listening. Nidibiru and Mataya. Everyone, like the show? Enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world? Then share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, everyone at your dojo, your fellow karateka. You can find new episodes every Sunday at choptalk.podbean.com. That's choptalk.podbean.com. And don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Thanks. Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, 
if your order ever arrives at all. Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist.